Welcome to PIWC Worcester's podcast. Thank you for joining us. We pray that in your time spent with us, you will be blessed and edified even as we grow in faith. Please enjoy and may the Spirit illuminate your hearts. You are the hearing of my voice. Today is the last day of our Breakthrough Conference. And I've come to provoke you that whatever you desire of the Lord, it's here, so take it. Oh, come on. Shout amen. Amen. I'm going to be culminating the meeting this morning. After I finish preaching, I will try the grace of God to pray for as many as need the prayer. And ask that the anointing and the hand of the Lord and the fire will come upon you. Afterwards, I will pray for everybody who is sick. It wouldn't matter where you are. The power of healing will reach out to you where you are. Then afterwards, I will trust the grace of God to pray for you a breakthrough kingdom wealth prayer. If I have said this in Kumasi, they would have screamed. If I have even said it in Accra, they would have danced foolishly. For everyone who has had the privilege of sitting, how many here have sat under that kind of uh, uh, kingdom wealth meeting where I'm there before? There's no one here. At least I can find one, I can find two. Those are seasons when God suddenly changes people's lives. I've seen people so much broke. Eh? People, people, you cannot use them for anything. Suddenly changes by the power of God. Amen. So let's read together. Today, culminating the meeting, if you have not heard anything I've just said at all, just hear this. It is the most important word for me. Identifying the spirit of true Pentecostal fire. Amen. Identifying, can all of us say together, identifying the spirit of the true Pentecostal fire. And I'm going to read three long pieces of scriptures. The first one is John chapter 14, verse 16 to 17. The second is Obadiah chapter 1, verse 17. Some of you haven't heard Obadiah before. The next one is in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19 to 21. So I begin from John 14, 16 to 17, and it says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, a comforter, a palaclet, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. Come on, shout amen. Amen. Obediah chapter 1 verse 17 says, But on Mount Zion there shall be deliverance. And there shall be holiness. The house of Jacob then shall possess that possession. 
I'll read the last one. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19 to 21, and it says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. And the redeemer shall come to Zion. And unto them that turn from transgression into Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon you. And my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth, nor out of your mouth of your seeds, nor out the mouth of your seeds seed, saith the Lord, for henceforth and forevermore. May the Lord bless the hearing of his word. Identify, sit down, identifying the true Pentecostal spirit. Beginning from last Thursday or Wednesday, we spoke about encountering the Pentecostal fire. And then we continued talking about how to encounter him. And until yesterday, we were talking about some of the things that happens, what he comes with when you encounter the spirit. But from the day I came, I have noticed that my scripts, which I have prepared for you, has been changed more than twice. And so the things on my mind, the spirit of the Lord just changing them so that he will give you what you desire. So don't just be sitting. Allow the Lord to speak to you. There is something in the church of God called the spirit of Christ. Shout amen. amen. Sometimes when I mention his name, I speak it in awe because he's the one who has helped me. Amen. Yesterday also, mommy, when I was telling her about my children, and I told her, the last one just finished her master's a few days ago. She said, hey, I didn't know your children are grown like that. <laughs> I just laughed. And I said in my head, he thinks I'm a young man. <laughs> I've been talking like this the way I'm talking Officially, you've been in church as a minister for 32 years. And guess what? I've been working with this Jesus for more than 50 years. And I have tell you every young man in this place that he's faithful. And he's dependable. Yes, amen. He doesn't fake. Amen. 
He's the spirit of God. And once you have him, your future is certain. The charters of this world and its constitutions will fade. But the word of God will abide forever and ever and ever and ever. Somebody shout amen. Parents, I want you to put your heart at rest. No matter what happens in this nation, they will never be able to change children because we have infused it in them the spirit of Christ. And that is, look into my eyes and let a young man scream and say, I am here. Look, your path is straight. You will make it. The Spirit of God has made, asked me to come and tell you that you are not weak, you are strong. Let a young man here shout and say, I am strong. You are not weak. What did I say? And you can make it. Shout hallelujah. But I've chosen to be speaking to you the way I'm speaking to you because there are so many lies and fakeness. And you need to identify what the true Pentecostal spirit really is. If these people are ready, let them scream. You see, there have been so many mentions of Pentecostal fire. Sometimes they call it revival. Sometimes they call it anointing night. Sometimes they say restoration. Sometimes they say fresh anointing. They anoint everything, even including bags of Gary. There are so many of these meetings that one wonders which one is actually a revival meeting. The announcements of revival, revival, revival. They are made everywhere and daily on the television and radio station. All, all shades and kinds of groups of people are proclaiming revival meetings with the Father Spirit. Yet people attend them and come back worse than they attended. Some of them come back infected with naked demons. And you have to fast and pray to cast them out. For some of them, that was the beginning of their woe when a strange oil was put upon their heads. Ask, them, ask me to stop preaching. Yet people attend them and come back worse. Their problems become more compounding. And some even end up with the manifestation of strange spirits. The promise of the Father the blessed Holy Spirit sent to the church by the Father through Jesus Christ our Lord is the true spirit behind every genuine revival and breakthrough meeting. Shout amen. In Luke chapter 24 verse 49 the Bible says and it shall come to pass that I will send forth to you the promise of the Father. But tarry in Jerusalem until you are imbued with that power from on high, until you are clothed. Everybody say clothed. Clothe. And that is what happened in Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 6 on the day of Pentecost. Jesus pointed out very clearly that God the Father is the owner of the church. 
And Jesus is the Lord and head of the church. The great shepherd of the clock. Jesus, the crucified, is the savior. And Jesus, resurrected, is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the doorkeeper. He's the porter. Shout amen. amen. And so when you get back home, take your time and read John's gospel, chapter 20, chapter 10, verse 1 to 19. When I say the Holy Spirit, the doorkeeper or the porter, what it simply means is that the Holy Spirit is the custodian and the guardian of the church and the people in it. Shout amen. amen. Shout amen. amen. The one that Jesus left to the church to keep. And he must be known and be identified in his church and in a revival meeting. The Bible states very clearly that the world does not know him. Because they neither see him, nor have they received him. But for us, to whom he superintends and dwell in, we must be able to identify him. And this is my focus this morning. You are not here properly. And I want you to fix your gaze into my eyes. The things that are happening all over the world are strange. Because of ignorance and the knowing people do not know. Today people are being made to fast until they fast to death. Some are being made to eat grass in the name of inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But you as a child of God must not be naive. The people are too quiet. When you see him you should be able to identify that this is the Spirit of God. The book of Obadiah is a very fascinating book for those of you who desire to read it. It brings to mind an idea of a stage of contest. You know, the Old Testament is full of contest challenges and fights. Contests such as between nations and between men. For example, contests between Egypt and Israel. Contests between Moses and the magicians of Egypt and sorcerers of Pharaoh. Israel and Philistines. Israel and Moab. Balak against the people of Israel. Elijah the Tishbite against the 450 prophets of Baal. All these things are examples of contest which you find in the Bible. Hello? Now imagine the same way the content of the passages of the scripture in Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17 which we read. Can we read it again? It's located within a contest. Can all of us read it from the board? Shout amen. Amen. This contest began in the book of Genesis chapter 25, verse 20 to 26. 
It is a contest between two twin brothers, one called Jacob and the other called Esau. They were the sons of Isaac, the patriarch. Now, this contest has dragged on for generations. Whilst they were even in their mother's womb, the two of them were fighting. The one who is supposed to be the last was holding the heels of the senior brother, trying to surpass him. Even when they have come, he still wanted to take his birthright and deceived him with Akwasa. Do you know what Akwasa is? The young man is asking her, what is Akwasa? It's porridge. Shout amen. Amen. The entire book is a reflection of the enmity between the descendants of Jacob and Edom, the red brother called Esau. But the Lord decides to bring a final settlement to that matter. Oh, come on, shout amen. amen. And he settles that issue once and for all in a place called Zion. And Zion represents the church. And so the Lord is saying that it doesn't matter the battle that will rage. The enemies that will rise against everyone in Mount Zion, the finality will be established. Shout amen. There is no place like the church. There is no habitation like the church. This is where sanity is found. This is where peace is found. This is where holiness is found. For in Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance. I'm not sure you heard me. Give the Lord a clap of you, will you please? In Mount Zion. So in case you are thinking about going to another place, I'm telling you that the place that settles the conflict is here. In Mount Zion. In the church. He settled it once and for all how I wish that I could could blow you those stuffs. Edom has been fighting with Jacob for a long time because he took his birthright. And even after he has told him that I've left the issue, his descendants will not leave the issue. They will still pursue them. But in Obadiah, the Bible clears the issue. He settles it in Mount Zion. Let there be a praise and a clap to God here in this place. But just quickly read Obadiah chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, and read verse 17. Read 1 and 2 quickly, just for you to understand the issue. Can all of us read together? Go. Oh, come on, read together. Go. The vision of Obadiah. Thus says the Lord God concerning Edom. And who is Edom? The same name. Go on. We have heard a report from the Lord. And a messenger has been sent among the nations, saying, Arise, let us go up against for the battle. Number two says, Behold, I will make you small among the nations. You shall be greatly despised. Then verse 17 comes. But on Mount Zion, 
So Edom, for the last time, is declaring that I will rise up. I will come against Jacob with all his descendants who will take what rightfully belongs to us. But the Bible says in Mount Zion, the Lord will bring deliverance and there will be hope, holiness. Then in that place, the house of Jacob shall take over every position. See, if the enemy has sold you, it will not be well with you. I came to declare that in this place, you have deliverance. Every possession that you belong to you that has been delayed in this breakthrough, it shall come to pass. The Lord bless you for standing. The Lord bless you double for standing. Because if even the enemy said you will never have a child, you will have a double. If he has talking to you and said you will never get married, I will be here in your wedding time. Oh, come on, I will be in a tuxedo. Somebody shout amen. Because his glory is about to come your way. In the house of Jacob, every possession that the enemy has taken will be taken over. Look at the way you are looking at me. It shall be well with your soul. Some people, when they come to the church, they don't want to be blessed. But even if you refuse to be blessed, you'll be blessed. You see now. You see now. You see now. You have to determine to be great. Oh, boy. How many of you desire to be great? Ah, the Lord make you great. Rise up on your feet, will you please? I decree in the house of the Lord a breakthrough for you. Wherever you are, the hearing of my voice, whatever the devil has taken, in the name of Jesus, I command the recovery. Take back your possession. In the name of Jesus, take back your glory. Take back your life. Take back your strength. Take back your life. In the name of Jesus, your children are bound. They have been taken out of home. I command the angels of God, bring them back home. They are hooked to cocaine, LSD, and we. I command liberation for them. In the name of Jesus. The devil has decreed that you will not see the dawn of the day. And he says for your life that this sickness will kill you. But by the unction and the power of the Lord, I cancel this disease. In the name of Jesus. It will have no effect. It will have no power. Every door shut. I command it to be open. Every identified disease in your body, that operation is not coming on. I reverse it now. In the name of Jesus, lift up your two hands. Everything your portion. That has been taken over by the devil. I command it to come in double. Lift those two hands up. Maso Rabade, just speak in tongues and bubble fold. The door will not be shut. No, the door will not be shut. The door will not be shut. 
For this morning, a season of mourning has come to an end. Amen. A spirit of heaviness has been lifted in up. The name of Jesus. You came single, you are going double. In the, name of Jesus. the power of God is bringing you an increase. Receive a breakthrough. In the name of Jesus. Let these folks shout and say amen and sit down in the house of the Lord. Though the war will be raged, Edom will rise and make pronouncements. Disregarding what has already been said, there will be a final settlement by the Spirit of God, I declare this morning. Somebody shout amen. Amen. The settlement is done in Mount Zion. Is that in Mount Zion, there will be deliverance and holiness. Hold your two hands together. But in Mount Zion, there will be what? Oh, come on, say it with passion. What will be in Mount Zion? Say it again. Where will it be? In Mount Zion. In Mount Zion. So the church is not a weakling. If you come here and you don't find God, you won't find him anywhere. Hmm? There will be holy deliverance and there will be holiness. Then afterwards, the Bible says, the house of Jacob will not only just take over, but they will possess every possession that belongs to them. Oh now, you you understand? Sometimes I feel it is too late. Because people of God haven't gotten the knowledge yet. Look, you are not here in this place to come and participate in anything. You have come to take over. Don't look at yourself with a kind of mediocrity. He that is with you is greater. Shout him. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Look into my eyes and say I'm getting too old. You are not getting any old. Even at age 80, God can still show Moses in the desert. This is the starting point. So it doesn't matter the age. He will make a way where there is no way. You want to shout amen? Amen. Say half of my child, I don't know how she's going to grow. You are the one who has a trouble. Come, let me lay my hands on you and pray for you. After that child, it shall be well with his soul. Something is blowing me apart. Hmm. But in verse 17, the state is set on Mount Zion. And he said in Mount Zion... In the New Testament, it's a reference to the church of Jesus Christ. You can read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 to 24, you will see. The scene of the stage of the current conflict now is in the church in Mount Zion. And I need to make you know this now. Open your eyes and look into my eyes. There is a gruesome, fierce battle and contest raging on. It is a contest for superiority. 
But this time, it is a contest of spirits. Look at me and listen. A certain woman has been calling me for a long time from one of your places. And anytime she calls, she has a complaint. This man has done that, and that man has done that, and that man has done that, and that man is doing that. And I have seen in the vision this, and I have seen in the vision. His last one he spoke to me about was that, that anytime he goes amongst the people, he sees that the people are going away from him, from her. But she's a powerful prayer warrior. So I called his pastor and told him the truth. She's contracted a familiar spirit. It looks, it looks so similar that you will not identify him. The scene of the battle today is not on the mountain. It's here in church. The devil has infiltrated into the church with all kinds of things. And I was speaking to this pastor and his wife. Can I speak to you? Yes. Will you listen to me if I do? Yes, yes I'm your papa. Yes. Shout amen. amen. But if some of you understand what I'm preaching about, your troubles will be over today. Amen. And I said, Pastor, what is the problem? He said, a certain man and his wife have suddenly come to our church. And I said, hmm, so what are they doing in the church? He said, now that they have come, the woman is always having vision and dreams. He would dream one for us of mommy. He would dream one for me. And they, they, they are talking. And I say, ah, drive them away fast. These are the spirits in church life today, the spirits that are seeing everything. In Pentecostal church, it is not everything we see that moves us. We are moved by the word and the spirit of the almighty God. For the sons and daughters of God are led by the spirit of God. And watch me, look into my eyes. And listen, it is so subtle that you think you know, you wouldn't know, Pastor. They have collapsed many pastors' house. So humble as they sit, they can rise until they can become a prophetess or a dickness or a pastor. And if he's a man, he's the most humble person you will ever meet. It's a spirit of Jezebel and Balak inside the church they see everything and can know everything and all the church people are running into that place and that is why I'm sounding the caution things that are happening today in church are so strange she come and tell your husband I had a dream about you you were climbing a hill go to your wife I had a dream you were descending here. Please don't tell your husband. The wife is descending. The husband is climbing. I went to London. And the pastor said, can I still talk? I'm going to be talking for a long time. 
And he said, let us go and visit one of my folks who is sick at the hospital. So we went. The woman was still on the sick bed, myself and the pastor. Her husband was sitting at the corner, and a certain woman was posing right beside her. Then the woman started talking. This is my friend, Vida. I'm just using a name. That was the real name. No, no, I don't have to say Vida and Poe. Let me see a queer. Otherwise, <laughs> Come on, shout him. Then she said, Thank this woman for me very much. Since I've been sick, if it is not her, she's the one who cooks for me. She's the one who do my dress. She's the one who do this. The husband was sitting down, I was looking at the woman quietly. And I said, But what does the nurses do around here? The day this woman gives over for the nurses to feed you and change your clothes, you'll be out of this hospital. And I'm in shame and I'm here to say, Because she wouldn't understand. She doesn't have what it takes to know what she's doing to her. The day she leaves that hospital, she will be fine. Deceiving spirits that are taking over the churches, pretending to be something which they are not. And unfortunately, because church folk do not know, they are doing everything. I've gone to funeral recently with one of our folks. I taught the woman, fasted for them more than 40 days in seven years. She's gone to train as evangelist. And then she said, something I have is lost. Ah, what is lost? Then she went about, she was becoming hysterical. She found it, said, I found it. I said, what is it? He said, uh, it is the water the woman gave me. I said, our water. Anyway, somebody asked me to sit down. They have infiltrated into the life of the people of God and seek to intercept their relationship and progress. Now, what kind of spirit controls your life and seek to have a place in the church? There are many deceiving spirits invading the church today. Spirit of Jezebel and spirit of Balaam. Occult. Sorcery. Witchcraft. Magic. And numerology, and they look at your palms and begin to read your palms. And children of God are still sitting there like Lotonoma. And necromancy, and they call a certain spirit, say your grandmother's spirit, familiar spirit, into people, and they are speaking like their grandmother, and you are sitting down there watching. Say, Yeah, the man has a spirit. When your papa. Spiritism, fetishism, and all kinds of deceptions in the name of Pentecostal fire, charismatism, and all kinds of strange things. The purpose is to strip the church of its holiness and godliness and put it on the bondage of sin and poverty. 
But guess what? In the midst of all this, this demonic agenda, the God of Jacob. Come on, lift up your two hands. The God of Jacob. Our God will rise through the Holy Spirit and he will do that in Mount Zion. In the church, there will be deliverance. There will be holiness. And you and you and you and you shall possess. So the church is more than a conqueror. The church, in the church, your life is secured. Your future is certain. Your destiny is intact. Your counsel and, and, and guidance is guaranteed. In the church, your help is assured. Your comfort is within your brow. Your counsel is superior. Your mediator and intercessor is superior. Your assurance of his promises are sure. If he says, I will do it here in the church, he will do it. His promises are sure. They are yea and amen. Somebody shout amen. In the church. In the church. And even the Bible says, the path of the just will be like the gleanings of the dawn. And guess what? The Bible says it will bright and bright and shine and bright and bright and shine and bright and shine and bright and shine. You don't need me to tell you about your future. I came to say, the Bible says, it shall be well with your soul. Somebody here shout amen. amen. What did I say? Before your time. Look at the way they are looking at me. Listen, no amount of devils bundled together, multiplied by a thousand, can stand against you and defeat you. A thousand shall come against you, and ten thousand shall come against you. You only watch them with your eyes. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. Did you hear what I say, young lady? It is well with your soul. You will be great until you have no place to contain yourself. Let somebody lift up his two hands and say, it shall be well with me. You, don't, you are not praying for a breakthrough. You already have it. Shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You will have the best. Hallelujah. Amen. Asafu Yehovah, Oduma Kumanya, to me, to me, Yahudina, to me, to me, left his organ seeking somewhere to listen. <laughs> Ajay, give him a clap offering. <laughs> In instances like this, you cannot be sitting somewhere. You have to get somewhere to do what? Listen. Some, tell somebody beside you, get somewhere to listen. <laughs> because the man is blowing our minds. <laughs> oh, give him praise, will you please? 
You see, it is imperative for the people of God to be able to identify the spirit which is at work in them for victory. You have to identify him. Jesus pointed out to the disciples that they do not know the spirit with which they operate. Look at Luke chapter 9, verse 51 to 56. Bring it there quickly. It's imperative for the people of God to identify the nature of that spirit. And that defines their victory until you know who the spirit is, who is at work with you. You don't know what to do. Let's read it together. Everyone read it. Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Go on. And they went. And they entered the village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. Go on. But they did not what? Because because they and the, and, and, the, and, the, and the Samaritans are enemies. Go on. They said, Lord, do you want us to command fire and consume them? Chop them, consume them quickly. Then Jesus answered them, what did he say? And what did he say? You do not know the spirit you are of. Look into my eyes. I didn't know. Pastor, for many of the mistakes I have done, I didn't know. I remember when I was a young man evangelist in cis form. Can I speak? Yes. You want to be angry? Look into my eyes. You have to know the spirit you are of. Mm. Mm. God has forgiven me. I'm only telling you, don't quote me. Oh. <laughs> don't quote me. Because uh, I, I did that of ignorance. Mm. Today, since 1950, 87 or so, I've not done that, that rubbish again. Because I did not know the spirit I was made up of. When God announces you, he gives you power. Amen. And that power dwells in your mouth. Yes. Especially the one that we use for the evangelism, the power of proclamation. It's so powerful. You will just feel that I'm just talking like this and screaming like that. But you leave this meeting and watch, you see what will happen. Amen. You just turn around your say, hey, I didn't know. Hmm, so powerful. But when we're in the fellowship, I didn't know that the power of God is like that. But there was a young girl who was from the courtes and comes to our fellowship. She was an orphan. And she lives with that woman. And they have lived for a long time. The woman has always been maltreating her. When it's time for her to go to school, she will give her this thing we call support sponge, the local one, to go and sell before she goes. This time, when she went, she trickled and the thing fell into the gutters. When she got home, she beat her up mercilessly, took a blade and cut through all her school uniform. And she came to us crying. I, I didn't know the woman. 
I didn't know she has been looking for a baby for 16 years. But I was angry. I was angry. But in your anger, the Bible says, do not sin. So I took her to the woman, and she was so arrogant because she thought I was a small boy. That was long ago. And I said, Madam, what did you do to the young? Say, hey, how dare you confront me? And then she said, I can do to her whatever I want to do. Then I said, Will you ever have a child that you treat this way? I had no idea she was pregnant the first time in 16 years. By the time the words had slipped out of my lips, she said, mm. And then blood began to gush out. And all the people in the vicinity started coming running. They started raining insults on me. I went back home, closed the door, and shouted. That was my second lesson after I was anointed by the Holy Ghost. I cried like a baby in the middle of the night. The Holy Ghost came to me and said, it's okay, son. But I just taught you a lesson. In all your life, bless and do not curse. We are not a folk that curses. Fathers must bless their children. Mothers must bless their children. Dignities must bless their church folk. Pastors must bless their church people when they stand in the pulpit and must not curse them. Bless and do not curse. And since 1987, Everybody who knows me will tell you I've never released one case. I am Bibi Alaman Kasong. Mamayo. Mamayo, so I'm in your book. Shout Amen. Amen. But I mean, I mean, it was a great lesson. Shout amen. amen. All over the place today, you find men of God are always cursing. What they use is that they project their soul, and it is not the spirit. Of God, which we know about. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Because they do not know. And that is the spirit. This young man went to him and said, Hey, allow us to call tender. They would have called the tender indeed, and the tender would have come. But Jesus said, No, you don't know the spirit you are made of. And you, as a child of God, must know the spirit you are made of. Holy Spirit, that is inside you. And that is what I'm talking about. It's not a violent spirit. It's not a spirit that curses. And look would profane the other person. He is the spirit of God. You are too quiet. You are too quiet. You are too quiet. You don't know the spirit you are made of. And that is why you are always talking. And this one has done that, and this one has done that. They are more intercessors intercessor outside the church than inside the church. Too many people are just talking, and this man did that, and that man did that. Shut up. You don't know the spirit you are made of. How about speaking kindly about somebody? How about blessing him in the day? May the Lord bless you, eh? Oh, come on. I said the Lord bless you. May the Lord you. Every year I stand in my pulpit 
and I bless the people. Amen. And the people get increasing like that. And everybody is jealous and angry. Now you're jealous, I'm Fahumbe. I'm Fahumbe. And they will wear a report and say, the man is collecting all our members. Did I come to your church? It is imperative for the people of God to identify the nature of the spirit that defines their victory. The knowledge of the spirit which is at work within us. And guess what? Until you lift up your right hand, I will not see what I want to see. You have lifted it up. Okay, then beg me. Sophia Porcho, Sophia Porcho, Sophia Porcho, Sophia Porcho. Cut your hand, cut your hand. Should I say it? Let the elders say, tell us. There is only one adjective which defines the spirit which we have received. Can you guess what it is? Holy. Holy. Everybody say it. What defines the spirit from every other spirit is that adjective Holy, the spirit we have is not a dirty spirit. It's not a defiled spirit, but he is the Holy Spirit. Holy, everybody say it. Holy. Say it with passion. Holy. Say it again. Holy. So what is that spirit? Holy. Not just another spirit, but... The spirit we have received is. And that will make you be able to identify. So that if you go to a pastor and he's doing some things behind his desk, looking at your face strangely and blinking at you strangely and trying to touch in places where must not be touched, then you can quickly understand that this is not the... In such a way, they don't catch your dead brandy from Uncle Gorua. Not as a day. You have to identify it. In Paya, you will be our own pen, Wobble Motel. Eh? I ask you up here. Sometimes, because of pressure and some of the things we go through, every place we want to enter. But it is strange, some of the things that are sitting on the pulpit. Very strange. It is not outside the church, it's here. How many of you identify that I'm a preacher? Lift up your hands, let me see. I'm not just a preacher, let me tell you. I minister to councils, I trained people who are into ministry. And I can tell you a truth of some of the things your mind has never seen before. I was teaching a class when one of the young people came to me and said, I want to talk to you. I said, what do you have to talk about? He said, the people bundled me. They said, if your ministry will go on higher, then we have to take you somewhere. So where somewhere did they take you to? And Augustina brought her to my place. 
When we're casting out the demon from this, the pastor, she was crawling on the floor like a lizard. And today, many young preachers are not satisfied with the Holy Spirit. They want something else to add to what they have. Conducting all kinds of ochres and charms and all kinds of things. And we go to them because we do not know the spirits we are made up of. You don't like my preaching today? You don't. See, that's, he is not just another spirit, but the Holy Spirit. And that is what absolutely defines him from every other spirit. Paul testified that Jesus was declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of what? Holiness. Read Romans chapter 1 verse 4 quickly. Quickly. How did Jesus become or declare to be the son of God? Oh, bring it quickly. Let us read it. Go. Underline that if the Bible you are holding is yours. He was declared to be the son of God with what? So the question you ask is how? How? According to the spirit of what? So what defines the spirit that made him the son of God with power was that he was declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of it is that spirit of holiness that brought Jesus Christ of Nazareth out of the dead. I'm blowing your mind. I'm blowing your mind. I'm blowing your mind. If you detest holiness, like it today. You see, when Jesus was lifted up on high and made to sit on the right hand of the Father, he has something in his hands. We call it a scepter. How many of you know what a scepter is? A scepter. Huh. Does the president of the United States have a scepter? A rod of power. Now when they swear you in, they give you that rod of, rod of power. You affirm your authority to things by that rod of power. When Jesus was lifted up, by the spirit of holiness and sat at the right hand of God the Father, all the powers in heavens on an earth were put under his feet. And he wears authority over them. The question to ask is how does he do it? And the Bible says he does it by welding a scepter of righteousness. In the book of Esther, you remember, the Bible says nobody can go to the king. Maybe I'll have to quote it to you. But let's read it. Eh? Read Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8 and then you bring Esther chapter 4 verse 11. It's the rod of authority that controls his throne, his righteousness. Are you ready? Let's read it together. Go. Go. 
So what is the scepter of your kingdom? Then come quickly to Esther chapter 4 verse 11 if you are there. If your name is Esther, scream and say, I am here. Yeah, there's an Esther here. Yes, let's read it together. Who has not been called, he has but one law put, except the one whom the king holds out a golden scepter, that he may live. Give the Lord a clap. And so what happened to Esther was that the king had to weld the scepter. Now this scepter is what silences the devil. It suggests that when God lifted Jesus and sat him where he is, what makes him powerful is what is his hands called what? Righteousness. If you want to overtake the devil, you overtake him by righteousness. Amen. So righteousness for the child of God is a great treasure. Are you listening? If you know the places I've been making noise at, eh, the things I have confronted and met, even the farm, which I farm now, there was a demon in it I went to drive away. Amen. Eh, dreaded God that nobody goes there. And the call you What do I have? The scepter of righteousness. Do I go with it? I count on the righteousness of Jesus. Amen. Forbid to live in sin. Amen. Righteousness is the greatest treasure of the child of God. Amen. You are too quiet. Amen. If anybody deceives you, don't listen. Amen. Let us do whatever it is done in this place. No, you are of a different brand. The spirit you have is different from the spirit of this world. It is not just another spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is. And when you are in the work, and they are doing all kinds of things. And by your righteousness, you don't do it. Everybody will call you a fool. By your foolishness, will justify you one day. Amen. What did I say? Say it with passion. When all people are counted out, you'll be counted in. Amen. If a young man heard what I said, lift up your right hand and say, I heard it. Shout amen. Amen. I'm ebbing closer to my message tonight, but I want you to listen. Ask me a question. Who is this spirit you are talking about? Ask me. I don't find that passionate enough. Who is this spirit you are talking about? That is why I want to introduce to you this spirit. Say, introduce him to us. The spirit we are talking about is God himself. He is the third person of the Godhead. He was in the beginning with God and all things were created with him and by him. As God, he has or possesses all the attributes of the Godhead. As part of the architect of creation, he knows all things and he can do all things. 
Isaiah chapter 139, verse 7 to 12, it says, Where shall I go from this spirit? If I flee, where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, he is there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, he is there. Shout amen. amen. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the sea, even there shall be where there shall his hand lead me, and the right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, even night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from he. He knows all things. And he can do all things. And it was he who dwells. He dealt with the initial chaos of the world. See? Shout amen. amen. How many of you were privileged to be here yesterday? Let me see by hand. Yesterday, uh, is it in the night? I think in the night. Let me see. I was telling you a story, isn't it? Yes. Huh? Yes. Lift up your two hands and say the Spirit of God. Yes. He's not dead. I pray that this morning you'll be awakened to him. Amen. And you'll be sensitive to him. Amen. Shout amen. As a young preacher in Kumasi, I've been going through battles because everybody's running to my church. And I have churches whose minister's wife will come and stand at the gate of the church and start writing names. Strangely, when I go to church, I will find people come and write on my seat. We are the witches in this area. We'll show you when I'll come and find all my elders standing around my seat. Now, ask them what the problem is. They said, there's something inside your seat. I'll read and say, we are the witches. And I will sit on it. Yes, we say, hey, yes. you die. About trouble. And I can't tell anybody. I was sitting in the house. Are you here properly? Yes. When this young lady walked to me and said, Pastor, I want to get married. But this is what the doctors have said. So what did the doctor say? So the doctor says, my eyes will be blind in a short while. And all my tubes are blocked. And my uterus, or my, is it the womb or uterus? One when you want come in, now we didn't know what broke through. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The womb, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I said, what must I do? He said, well, a young man has come and he wants to marry me. But what did you ask him? He said, ask him. He said, God has shown him that I am the woman he has to marry. I said, hey, if he says God says it, marry him. Then she said, should I tell him this? I said, hold on before. I will not tell every other person to hold on because in counseling, we are supposed to expunge this for the two of them to know what they are going to face. But this one, he said the spirit. Amen. 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 So I married them. Amen. Amen. On the Sunday morning after their marriage, 
I've gone to service very early when everybody has to come to church for them to come and thank God when they came. And they came with a rubber bag full of money. Unopened, untouched. They walked straight to my office. And I said, Pastor, we have come to give you our offering at the wedding for you to pray, to pray for us to have a baby. And I collected the money first and put it beside me. Amen. 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 Look at the way they are looking at me as if they don't like money. <laughs> but as soon as they left out, the Spirit of God said, do not touch that money because it does not belong to you. But I will show you what to do with that money. Then he said, go to Ophirikrom. I'm showing you all this for you to know that this spirit is a personality he can speak. Yes. He knows all things yes. and can do all things. Amen. And he's still relevant today. Amen. Somebody shout amen. amen. There is a pastor there called Abebio. I didn't know him. Take this money to him at dawn at four o'clock and he will instruct you what to do. So I went home. I told my wife, say, what's the fuck coming on? And first one I I'm from Sanka. Shout amen. I set off at three o'clock. By the time I got closer to the place, about 3.30, getting to four. As soon as I enter into the compound, here's the church building, and this is the mission house. I parked and walked and stood in front of the house. Then I heard the voice call me from inside the mission house. Pastor Jimmy, Come inside. I have been waiting for you. And when I got there, Pastor Abebio was sitting down in his sleeping cloth. Then he said, where is the thing they gave you to bring me? So I gave him his money. Whatever is between him and the old man, I didn't know. Then he said, the reason why you were sent here is not because of the lady who gave you this. As for her, go back and tell her she will have three children, two girls and a boy. Amen. And her eyes will never go blind. Amen. Because I have taken the seed of his offering and I have come to visit her. Amen. But you have been sent here because I have been asked to tell you this. Mm, mm. And he began to blow my mind. That day he told me things deep in my life I've never told anybody before. And he began to give me instruction and the things that God wants me to do for that city because I was sitting at the gate of that city. I was coming back home baffled and shocked. Hear me, folks. This spirit is eminent. He's all powerful. He knows all things. He can do all things. And he's the spirit that God has put into your hearts. All you need to do is to be sensitive to this spirit, to be obedient to his voice, to walk with him and not grieve him because he's a personality. He can be grieved. And in this breakthrough revival, come back to the spirit of God, my friend. Come back. The church is becoming dead because we have left this eminent spirit for a long time. 
He's supposed to be our help. He's supposed to be our counsel. He's supposed to be our guidance. He's supposed to be our comforter. He's supposed to be our direction. He is the paraclete, the one that was called alongside to come and help us. And if we have that spirit, we will not lack of anything. May the spirit of Christ come back to the church in this season. Somebody shout amen. That is the Pentecostal spirit. The spirit of our fathers. Listen, my friends. In the history of our church, some of our leaders could listen to the voice of birds and interpret it. Some of them have never been to school before. They could interpret. One of them has never been to classroom. He doesn't have a schoolmate. James McKeon saw him and said, I want you to come and uh, interpret me. He said, I didn't go to school. He said, before. But when he stood on the platform, the Holy Ghost began to interpret. I have baptized a woman in KNUSC campus, a prostitute by the wayside, and also for mommy. As soon as I put that woman inside the stream and brought her up, she began to speak pure Anglo-Saxon English. 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 This spirit is our direction. And he speaks. And the Bible says, for the spirit, for the children of God, are led. Are led. Not by somebody's vision. But they are led by what? Some of you are becoming miserable because of the vision somebody told you. And all the things in your life are broken apart. But for you, I speak deliverance. And I speak healing. And I speak deliverance. In the name of Jesus. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift up your two hands, everyone. Rise up on your feet. Oh, come back, spirit. I want you to speak to the spirit. Say, come back to me, spirit. Come back. Listen, lift up your two hands. Tell him, come back. Come back. Come back. Come back. Tell him. With a unified voice, scream and say, come back to us, Holy Spirit. Say it again. And sit down quickly, let me finish. In the church, according to John 10, verse 1 to 19, God the Father is the owner of all. Jesus crucified is the door. Jesus said, I am the door. Jesus resurrected is the shepherd. According to Hebrews chapter 13 verse 20. The Holy Spirit is the porter. The gatekeeper. And he's the guardian and the custodian of the church and its people. He was, he's the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, is an unction or great power that has come to dwell in with us forever. He's the enabler. He's the one who enables the Christian both to will and to do according to God's own pleasure or his desire. Then Peter said, according to this divine power that dwells in us, God has given us all things that pertains to life and godliness. Give him praise. So Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, for God is able to do, bring it board. Let us go together, read.
No, no, you didn't read it well. You didn't read it. Read again. It said, ah, Go. He's able to do what? And and according to the works in the apostle, especially the one who just came from Accra, or the pastor, according to the power which is at work, blowing tongues, let me hear. You see, according to the power that is already at work in the inside. That's what I've come to tell you. That you are not like that. You are strong. You are powerful. He that is in you is great. He's not just another unction. He's the spirit of God. Lift up your hands and say, I'm strong. And scream and say, I'm powerful. How many of you want to walk in that way? Show me your hands. See, Jesus rules and takes over his church by this spirit. Think about it. The prophet Isaiah predicted that if the enemy shall come to you like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. And too many people bonded and bind their hands. And I ask them, what is that standard he's talking about? What standard is he referring to? It is the scepter or the symbol of authority of his rule. And this symbol is the scepter of righteousness and holiness. So when the enemy is coming to you like a flood, what you use to push him away is the standard of holiness and righteousness. Your strength will be determined by your magnitude of surrender to your, your will, to his righteousness, and to his holiness. Listen, holiness is a treasure. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Somebody tell beside me that. Yes, it is. See, the scripture indicates that if the enemy should come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against the standard of the enemy. And that standard... It's the standard of holiness. The scripture in, said, in Mount Zion, there shall be holiness. Then afterwards, there will be deliverance. Before the people will be able to possess their possessions. And so what to note is that after conversion, the born-again Christian stands in the place of Jesus as a savior. Amen. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 21, bring it. Bring it. We'll go right now. Uh, your time is up. Okay, let's read it. Go. 21. We'll die one, 21. Go, let's read it. 21. Go. Read it. Then go. No, no, no. Number one, go. Underline it. Then what? Shall do what? And so, when the spirit comes to possess you, you are not longer the person going for somebody to pray for you, but you become a savior. You become a savior. Long ago, I came to bronze, and there was a woman whose husband has left her, 
and she was crippled in his house. Two young girls of hers, after they have heard the word of God, went back home and laid their hands on their mother and brought her back to church home. It is unimaginable in Mount Zion. The Bible says God shall raise saviors. When the Holy Spirit baptizes you, you don't become a, you don't become a dependent, you become a savior. Because the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Let the Savior lift up her hands and say, I'm a Savior. Come on, say it with passion. Shout hallelujah. And so I have come to call you, dear friends, into a place of holiness and righteousness. This is half my script I wrote for you. And I've been writing this one since four o'clock. And listen, look into my eyes. Walk in it. This is the old path. Be persuaded by it. Live by it. God is calling the whole church into holiness because the spirit that dwells in you is a Holy Spirit. He's calling you to the altar of service that you give your all, including your money to him. I pray that this day at this breakthrough, God will change you. And God will choose just one of you to show his mighty power through. Rise up on your feet. And if you feel that you are that person, run and come to me right now. Thank you once again for joining us. We pray that you were blessed. Click on the other episodes to continue on this journey with us. Don't forget to share and follow this podcast. God bless you.